Thank you, guys. That was awesome. What's the name of your band? All right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We're going to do something this Sunday that I want to let people know. This Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we're having a a pot faith dinner. We're not shooting craps or playing cards, so we're not going to call it potluck. But you guys are supposed to laugh. That was really, that was really... Witty. That was so witty that it was dumb. Oh, anyhow, uh, we're going to have that, and then we're going to have a share session and an empowerment in preparation for meetings we're going to do where we have an evangelist come in and have altar calls. And we're going to train people on how in their daily life, out and about, how they can get people to come to, uh, into a regional, local, uh, soul-winning gathering, gathering of souls. And now you can come to this soul-winning cru- crusade, and uh, not only how you can get them there, but get them there unsaved, backslidden, broken down, hurting, sick, halt, tormented, messed up, need Jesus, how when they come, they will get set free. And they'll be transformed, transfigured, and made translatable. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Uh, This is the year of the beginning of the harvest of God. Many prophetic words have been coming forth for months, and now they're just increasing more and more, and every time we turn around, the Lord is up to something. Can you imagine? How many would like to see the more come in? How would you like it if it meant more people? More souls? More lost and dying? Can, have you ever been in a, in a movement where hundreds and then thousands of people were getting saved? If you haven't been in that, you, you man, there, there's nothing like it. Because every kind of miracle you can imagine happens spontaneously for brand new believers or people that are just being born again or people that are just coming to see this Jesus. And so we're going to be doing that on this Sunday from 2 to 5. We'll have, of course, everybody's going to bring a dish and your favorite dish and everybody will eat some of a little bit of everything. And we'll fellowship, have a good time. And then we're going to get, have a conversation with an evangelist. He's well-known. He's an awesome guy. And, and he, he's been winning souls for 40 years. And he does crusades. He does one-on-ones. He does, he does altar calls. We get him here and he preaches the gospel and does altar calls. And they come and get saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire and speak in tongues. And, and uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to start making that something that we're going to be a part of because of what the Lord's saying is going to happen in Reading and has been declaring it for some time. And now this is the year it's going to start. And there's going to be literally in America when this thing starts really taking off, 
And I believe it's upon us. I believe it's, it's going to happen sometime in the next three years. We're going to see 50 million people turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and get born again in America, just in America. That's a huge amount of people. And you talk about a fire burning. And so we're, we're moving in that direction. I've been preparing for it for about a year and a half and interceding for it and praying for it. And we know it's going to start happening all over the Reading area. Anybody want to be a part of that? So we want to invite you to come and be a part of that. And I wanted to hit that right off the bat. And then also we're going to do an offering. It, how many of you love it when preachers get up and say, it's offering time? Do you get excited about that? I was just reading in Galatians, and it says, Be not deceived, God's not mocked. Don't kid yourself now. Don't try to mock God. God has put a law in place, and this is what it says. Be not deceived, God's not mocked. That sounds kind of blunt, huh? Isn't it funny how God in the Bible, he's just kind of blunt sometimes? He just cuts through the chase and goes right for the heart. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. You can, it, it, this ought to make us feel really good when I say this. For whatsoever a person sows, that they will also reap. Don't, not, God won't be mocked. Whatever you give, you're going you're to reap a harvest back. How many ever planted something? Anybody ever planted something? How many, did you plant one seed? Well, I mean, did one seed per hole usually? Oh, no? Okay. Three? Okay. You're t- I, I, whatever you're planting, that's fine. Three. I planted a lot of gardens, gardens, and a lot of times I put one seed in there, and I get bumper crops. I always get bumper crops growing gardens, and I love it. Anyhow, put, put one seed in, but it's not when it grows up. You don't just get one seed back. Now, don't tell me you do. You start mocking God. God put it in that seed to spring up and produce many, many, many other seeds. And that's the way God does in his kingdom. How many believe God's really the God of increase? Have you read Isaiah chapter 11? Uh, just a few verses from the beginning of it says, it's, this is what it says. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mighty God is he. And it's, it's a revelation of Jesus. And then it says this, and of his peace... And his government and his increase. Everybody say increase. Increase. There shall be no end. Anybody glad you're in a kingdom of increase that has no end? You cannot ever listen to this voice, this lack consciousness, this nagging thing that says, oh, I've got to be careful and not enough and all. You can't let that get into your mind and your thoughts and to your emotions because you're now in a kingdom where everything that is of that kingdom is increasing. Why? Well, because it's going to fill the universe and it's going to fill all things. This seed of the kingdom. And Jesus, one of his names is the seed of Abraham. And he was just one. And then he was 12, and then he was 70, and then he was 120, and then he was 3,000, and then he was 5,000, 
And then he was half a million in Jerusalem's surrounding areas. And now all over the earth, there are hundreds of millions of human beings with Jesus in them. And he's filling all things. That seed, which is Christ, the seed of Abraham, of which you are if you put faith in Jesus. I think that's just a most powerful thing in the world to really believe the, the seed increase principle and that as you sow, whatever you sow, you ever sow a bad attitude to people? <laughs> Do, does, does the principle work? Huh, come on. Sow a little lust. So a little lust, what's going to happen? You're going to wish you didn't. They're going to start a fire. I mean, whatever. Good, bad, or ugly. There are seeds. There are seeds that bring thorns and briars, and there are seeds that bring luscious, delicious, juicy fruit. I love it. So tonight, when you give, when you give of your time by being here, when you give of your prayer, everything you do here tonight, in love, when we come together, we always kind of like everybody to see our better side, you know. Don't we? Don't we like to, you know, really let our light so shine when we're here, you know? Well, God sees that, and you know what he says to it? Well, I love that. They're practicing what they're going to become all the time. When they come together and they koinonia, they fellowship, literally means to be intertwined or socially, to socially have a social intercourse of fitting and binding together and connecting and becoming one. And that is growing. We're learning to do it more and more. We come together to practice a little bit of heaven because in heaven, everybody's giving their best because that's all they have and everybody's happy. So we get to practice it here on earth. And the more we practice it, the more we become it. The more we live it together and alone. You'll live a better life alone if you practice it with your friends. It's real simple. It just helps you out. It strengthens you and makes you better when you're alone. So then the bad seeds can't get planted in your life. They get choked out by doing so much good that you don't have time for bad. That's the best way to break any bad habit. Change a habit to something you really like better. And then every time you're tempted to do the other, you just start doing that. Instead of, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. The more you say, I don't want to do that, the more you're drawn to it. Because you're trying to overcome it by the law. But when you turn to something good, you move into the grace of something that's a good gift. For every good gift comes from Father above. And you move toward and in that when you do. It strengthens you. In essence, you have strong things in you and you're adding strength to your strength. And the more you add strength to your strength, the more your strength takes over your whole makeup and your whole being and your whole life and everything around you. And it starts just taking over. That's just the way the good works. That's why the gospel is called the good news. And it always works for anybody, anytime, anywhere, under any circumstances. I've heard people say, I don't believe in that prosperity gospel because it's just the only place it works is in America. Well, I've taken it to other nations that were poor. 
and preached it and prophesied it and ministered it and made many trips back there. And, before, and people fought against it and call you a money preacher and all that stuff. You teach them to sow seed. It's amazing. The next thing you know, their farms are prospering. Next thing you know, because they're sowing love and they're sowing good things and they're sowing neighborly actions and kind deeds and, and people start getting along better and it's really amazing what starts happening. Everything just gets gooder and gooder because the good news of a good God is taking over. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. Hey, God is just so amazing. He knows what he's doing. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. If you've sowed something and then you mess up and you do some bad things or mess up and spend some bad time or, or go through a rough place and maybe get hurt or bunged up or whatever, and you hit a bad season, you haven't nullified all the good that's been sown. It's still there. It's still rooted in. It's going to, it's going to come back. All you've got to do is turn back to it and show attention to it. Just turn back to the thing you loved and you enjoyed doing, and all of this other stuff just starts falling away. It falls powerless behind you as you praise the Lord, as you glorify his name. Anybody believe this stuff? Do you know how good I just said it is, this is? It's much better than I can even preach it. You can't preach the good news good enough because it's better than anybody can preach it except Jesus. So <clears throat> tonight as we uh, get ready right now, we're gonna go, I'm going to go ahead and do the offering. I always teach a little bit when I talk to people about their money, honey. How many like money? Anybody like money? Three of you? The rest of you are liars? Come on, we have a prayer line for you right now. Everybody here loves, you, you, it's okay to have a love for money. Just don't love it more than you love God and people. And don't love it more than what it will do for others. <coughs> the love of money is a root of all evil. If you're loving it just for the sake of the money, the power of it. <clears throat> but if you want to help people, God will entrust you. How many believes God's going to entrust you? How many here believe that God's really going to prosper you financially? How about, how about, how many here want to drive junk cars? With ball tires, junk cars with ball tires. Anybody want one? I don't have any, but I could probably find a couple for you. They might even let you have them free, sow them to you if you would haul them off. Does anybody here ever mow the yard? A few of you. Do you like a power mower or do you want a push mower? Well, it costs a little more money. By the way, that's a beautiful sweater you have on. You look really good in it. It looks very expensive, extravagant. It's very nice. I like seeing you dressed like the princess that you are. Isn't she a princess? Yeah. That's a blessing from God. See, God blessed her. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not contagious. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I bind them. <laughs> no, I'm through all that stage of it. I'm just clearing up. Anyhow, the thing of it is, is, is uh, all, all, of these, all of these principles are so important. I like talking about money because God told me that the people that sat under our ministry would highly prosper. And I said, how do I know that? And he said, did it work in the past? 
then he reminded me of 45 year, 44 years of ministry in different churches, pastored in different schools, planted in, in all the churches I started and planted that the Lord did through me. And they all prospered. Almost all of them started out with poor people. And before long, they were driving new cars, living in new houses. How many here are up for that? Anybody for that? Anybody that likes to come here to Eagle's Nest a lot? I, have, I can give you a prophecy and tell you that if you continue to be faithful to God and you really love people and you want a big, beautiful home so you can entertain in it, help others out, and share the goodness of God and make it a house of prayer, praise, and prophecy. If you will use it to glorify God and raise your family and show them how to be hospital and loving to others and take care of it and draw your boundaries so that you have time with God and family alone and those wonderful things, if you do that, God is going to bless you and give it to you because he wants you to have it more than you want it. Anybody believe that? Oh, I don't know. You just sound like a prosperity preacher to me. That's right, I am. I'm not a poverty preacher. No, no, no poverty. Do I hear an amen? And I, I believe, if you're going to do offerings, I believe you should tell the people what they're going to get for their investment. Anybody want to get a really good investment? I'll tell you, listen now. The returns are very high, higher than any bank or any institution out there, any loan company. The t- returns are amazing. You can, you can get 30, 60, or 100-fold back. If you, how many have ever had 30-fold come back? How about 30 times as much as you gave? Anybody ever ha- had that much come back? Do you know it's promised? How many have ever had 10 come back, 10-fold? Or t- 10 times as much as what you gave? Come on, can I see it again? few of you have? Do you believe that it's true? Jesus said it, by the way. Jesus said that he talked about planting and sowing, and he said you sow the seed, and the seed took, takes, first it falls in the ground and dies. You've got to let it die. You have to give your offering, walk, give it to the Lord, walk up and say, I planted it in, in God's field. Thank you, Father. I don't have to worry about it. It is created to fall in the ground and die. And when it dies and breaks apart, it springs up. Takes root. Here comes a blade out of the ground. Then there comes a stalk. There comes an ear. And then full corn in the ear. And you get your harvest. It always works. It always works. I'm about to preach myself happy. I'm going to take what's in my pocket and put it in the offering. Thank you, Father. So, how many have a vision? for their future. Anybody have a ministry vision? Some ministry vision? How about for family? How about for maybe a profession? Any doctors here? People want to be doctors? Lawyers. How about the president? Any presidents here? Anybody want to be in politics at all? Smart people. Of course, there's a change coming. You're all going to be really excited when Jesus runs for president. And he will win by a landslide. Come on. 
So anyhow, whatever your destiny is, God wants you to have everything you need to bring it about, and he will make that happen. It's faithfulness. It's real love. Sometimes it's love that's sacrificial. By the way, the biggest money I ever got is somebody gave me $10,000 one time, and I got all excited about it, and the Lord said, if you'll put that over here, I will bless you and give you what you need for a house. And I did it. And one year later to the day, I was given a house, and I was given, well, a huge amount of money for my ministry. And uh, I've told the story about it. This happened to me three times. Anybody ever give cars away? It, all of you raising your hands right now, you gave a car away in love to somebody. You, you, you sowed it into somebody that needed a car, or you sowed uh, in obedience to God. Okay? Listen, right now, listen. In the name of Jesus, I command that vehicle to come to you. I command it to be an upgrade by the name of Jesus. I speak it into being because the Lord wants me to say this. And he's saying, I'm bringing you cars so you can sow more cars. <coughs> Do you want to believe what I'm saying? Anybody want to believe it? Anybody want to believe it? Odd, oh, come on, man. That sounds too good to be true. It sounds too good. It just, the good news couldn't be that good. God couldn't be that good. After all, life's got to be hard and tough and bad. No. No, yeah, there's going to be some tough times. Welcome to planet Earth. And everything bad thrown at you, the Lord will turn it around for the good and multiply you in every area if you just keep loving, forgiving, and blessing. Do I hear an amen? amen. Come on, I preached enough. I want you to, everybody bow your head and pray. Listen to your own heart. If the Lord gives you a number and wants you to do it, if he tells you anything, maybe it's not a number, maybe it's a Harley. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, seriously, you don't know what it's going to be. Just listen. I've seen it thousands of times, the blessing of moments like this and what obedience can do in people's lives. Now, obey the Lord. Say, yes, Jesus, I would love to do that. Everything I have actually belongs to you. I'm just a steward. And I'll place it wherever you want. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, write a check to Eagle's Nest. And if you need to use a debit card, where there's Marion right there in back. Let's all take a minute. Are the ushers ready to pass out as soon as we're ready here? Is everybody ready to give? Everybody ready? Okay. Okay, so be sure right now to give praise to God and thank him for the opportunity to do this love offering. And remember, you're only giving because you love Jesus. That's your highest reason. He, he's requiring it of you or asking you. He may not even command you. He may just suggest. Sometimes he says, would you like to do that? 
what he does to me. And I say, yeah, I'd like to do that. Sometimes I say, no, how about this much? Well, okay, but the blessing is a little different. But that's up to you. Give us your purpose in your heart with a clear conscience. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's go ahead and be seated. I'm excited tonight about getting into... uh, I'm going to take about 20 minutes and give you a real short message and introduction to the book of Galatians. And I may go through the whole book, I'm not sure, but tonight I'm going to do Galatians chapter 1. Galatians is the book of freedom. Anybody like freedom? Yeah. I do too. As soon as... uh, They're done with the offering. We'll get on with this. Thank you, Father. I want all of you to stand. We're going to do a faith declaration about your finances. Now that you've already given, whether you have or not, this is still for you. Everybody stand up. I want you to repeat something after me. In some churches, they have it up on the screen, and you can read it, and they do the same. I do the same thing sometimes, but but I don't use the screen. I just do a spontaneous repeat. Father, I come in the name of Jesus. And I thank you right now that you have given me all things pertaining to life and godliness. I thank you that through your exceeding great and precious promises, I have become a partaker of your divine nature, and I have escaped all the corruption that's in this world caused by lust. I thank you, Lord, that you add to me every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Father of lights, That you bless my family at every turn. That all of my family believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and they shall be saved. I decree it and declare it according to your word. And we shall all prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. And everywhere we turn, Every good thing will be waiting to come into my hands, into a stewardship, to bless the kingdom of God, to bless the poor and the needy, to bless ministries, and to help the widow and the orphan. I thank you that I meet needs everywhere I go. Through my Lord Jesus Christ and the divine nature of Christ in me. I am more than a conqueror and I can stop the enemy's works of darkness by shining in the light of Jesus. I am one with the I am. My God lives in me. I'm a child of the King, I'm an overcomer. I'm victorious. I'm prosperous. I heal the sick. 
cast out demons and raise the dead. Many come to me because of the light of Jesus. The love of God comes out of me like a river because of God's great grace and the abundance of his goodness to me as a believer. I'm happy about it. So I'm going to shout for joy. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. You can be seated. That, that was fun. Okay, if you'll go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians is a book of freedom. It talks more about liberty and freedom than any other book. It's a book that really begins to introduce us into the freedom power of, of grace. And of course, grace is all through the Pauline epistles. This is a Pauline epistle. Would you repeat that with me, Pauline epistle? A Pauline epistle is an epistle written by Paul. And the, uh, Paul, who was an apostle of Jesus Christ, as we will read in all of his letters, he declared that he was an apostle even before the apostles in Jerusalem called him an apostle. He was called to be an apostle by Jesus. He was a Pharisee among Pharisees a persecutor of Christians. He was in the high level of the Sanhedrin court, which was the governmental eldership and leadership of all of the nation of Israel. As a Jew, he was also that placed him in command of even being able to go to other nations where Jewish synagogues were planted and go and represent the Jewish church and headquarters at Jerusalem. He was a very powerful man. He was most skilled in learning. He was excellent, a keeper of the law without fail. He was an amazing person. He was very legalistic, and he hated Christians because they said there was no longer a need for circumcision, that Jesus Christ was now the way to salvation and not Moses. And so he was on a vendetta to capture them all. He went and had letters written for their names, sought them out, went to the churches, arrested them, imprisoned them. And when... Simon, I mean, uh, Stephen, the first martyr um, in the New Testament, was stoned to death. Uh, Paul, who was not Paul at this time, he was Saul. Saul stood there and held his clothing, his, 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 his vestments that Stephen had on him. They stripped them off of him, and he held them for them while they stoned him to death. And he had papers to kill, and he was left there and was going to another place in Damascus, um, and, and he was going there to arrest more Christians. And suddenly, a bright light appeared around him. And it was so bright, it blinded him. And all the other soldiers that was with him and the troop of people fell down. And he heard a voice speak and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. And then he told him that he is calling him and he was going to send him forth to preach the gospel. 
and he would suffer great things for the preaching of the gospel and that he would become his representative to the Gentile world and, 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 and that he was uh, going to be his apostle. And so Saul was blinded by this. He was in shock and dismay when Jesus left him and they had to pick him up and they had to lead him by the hand to take him on into Damascus and there he stayed. They, they took him into a place and laid him down because he couldn't see and he was in complete shock. Can you imagine how you'd feel if Jesus saved you like that? Imagine. He was terrified. He was in shock and dismay, but he knew it was the Lord. He knew it was God. So he became this great apostle, amazing apostle. And he wrote the book of Galatians. He wrote, all of the Pauline epistles have in them something that is called the Pauline revelation. And all of you that um, have been to school in this area here, Bethel, you know about your identity. You've been taught of who your identity is in Christ. That revelation was given to Paul uh, when he was um, being prepared for his ministry. He immediately arose after his eyes were healed by a, a man named Ananias who came to him and gave him a prophetic word that Jesus had sent and told him he would be there. And he went there on this, to, on this street called Straight and he went in and prayed for him and told him that he was called and prophesied to him everything that Jesus had said to him. Then he touched his eyes and the scales fell off of his eyes and his eyes were healed and he could see. And he was then, he immediately rose up from there and he went to the temple and he preached Christ. And then he stayed in that area and began to preach the gospel for a season, then went to the Arabian desert and he was separated from everybody except preaching the gospel in surrounding towns up in Samaria and up in that area of the northern kingdom. And, he was, and then he went into the Arabian desert and spent 14 years there. And Jesus appeared to him many, many times face to face and taught him everything he wrote the New Testament about. And it's called the Pauline Revelation. And nobody had ever preached the revelation of God coming inside of a man and living in a man and their identity being totally changed into a new identity, the identity of God. Aren't you glad you're one of them that has the identity of God? How many are glad you have learned who you are in Christ? Let me ask you this. If you knew this Christ that's in you, if you came into a really, really powerful relationship with him and he began to reveal all about who he really is, do you think your understanding of him would start growing and you would start knowing the fullness of who Christ is like we see in the Bible? How many know that he's called the Lamb of God? How many know he's called the Lion of Judah? Do you know much about the lion? We don't know much about the lion, do we? Do you know Jesus, the righteous judge? 
you know Jesus as a father. Well, he's not the father. Oh, but Jesus said to Philip, Philip said, show us the father. And he said, have I been with you so long and you do not know me? Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I and my father are one. My father works, so do I. Everything the father does, I do. Everything the Father says, I say. I and my Father are one. That is your identity. Jesus was the first Emmanuel. Are there other Emmanuels? Is God with you? How many have God with them? Emmanuel means God with man. How many here are man, mankind, the race of man? The race of man? How many are some other race? Some other planet. Okay, we're all the race of man. That's cool. I'm glad. We're the race of man. And God is with us. He's not just hanging out with us. He's not just, go help, God, go. Took you long enough to get here. Aren't you glad he's not like that? Aren't you glad he's the ever-present God? He's so close that he's inside. He's all through us. He's all around us. How many are glad of that? God with man. God with man. He's with you, Candy. Right now. All through you. That was fast. Did you like it? Awesome. How many enjoyed the fast? You guys enjoying the fast? We like the fast here. You know why? Get closer to Jesus. It becomes realer. It becomes realer than food. We love him more than our necessary bread. I don't know if anybody's fasting to try to get God to do something. I fasted three days. You should have done it. No, that's not going to move God, is it? No. No, he, God is moved by grace, by the grace of faith moving through us. We're saved by grace through faith. God loves our faith. When you fast and pray, you set yourself aside. You pray, you get fuller of God. Your faith gets stronger. God gets realer. Things start happening. He's Emmanuel. He's already there, but we're not aware. I said, he's already there, but we're not aware. When you fast, you become aware. Especially if you're spending the time with the Lord. Reading the Bible, pray, being good. God will bless you. That's the formula. Pray, stay out of the way, and God will bless you. You like that formula? Pray, obey, and stay out of God's way. Pray, obey, stay out of God's way. Pray, obey, stay out of God's way. Pray, obey, stay out of God's way. It's all, yeah, it's all simple. You made it simple. We make it hard. Thank you, Father. This Galatians tells us how awesome it is. Let's look at verse 1, chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, 
but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I like that. Paul, an apostle. Not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me. He moved in a company of people. When he traveled, he took one, two, at least one or two with him, sometimes more. He went as a team because he believed in apostolic teams because he was an apostle and he was always training people. Not only that, they all helped each other. I bet one of them was a good cook. Okay. To all the brethren who are with me, to the churches at Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you. Everybody do this with me. I'll show you something. Can I teach you something? Look at this. I'm going to read this to me, okay? Timothy, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ. And God the Father, who raised him from the dead. To all the brethren here in Reading, and especially you who are with me now. It's fun to read the Bible that way. Put your name in there. Make it personal. Like it's right to you, because it is. Put your name in there. 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 Okay. Put your name in there. You'll really like it. Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver me from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory and forever and ever. Oh, that's just amazing. Who gave himself for my sin, that he might deliver me from this present evil age. Ooh-wee. You know the hardest thing that we have to contend with is this present evil age? How many like the age you're living in? The age is not talking about the time we're living in. Because time's not evil. This is a present evil age. It's speaking of a world system. This present evil system. When you read it in, in, in Brian Simmons' book, it explains that. We need to be delivered from this present evil system. Really smart people know how to enter into the system, the banking system, money system, monetary system, legal system, political system. And they know God so well that they know how to take advantage of it. They know how to beat it. They have something higher. They belong to a greater government. They're from another age, the power of the age to come. The age of the kingdom of God on the earth that has not yet fully come into view, but is here now. They know how to go into the future and get some of it. Kim Clement said it this way. I'm somewhere in the future and I look much better than I do right now. (laughs) That's what we people are. We're the people that know the news before it happens. Jesus Christ said when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll lead and guide you into all truth and show you things to come. You know what's going to happen before you get there. 
because you're so prayed up in, in the Holy Spirit that you move over into the realm of eternal life. And in eternity, when you're living in eternal life, it supersedes the future or the past. It's a higher wisdom, a greater glory. And you can look in and see what's coming and be prepared for every good thing or every other thing that you're going to turn around and make it turn to the good through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you know. People say, I don't want to hear about any bad thing coming. That's not, I, I just don't want to hear the good stuff. That's all. Not me. I want to know when something bad is planned for me. Well, it might make you afraid. No, if it will if I'm already afraid. If I live in fear inside, then that fear is going to show up. But if I have faith in God and I see something coming, I'm going to immediately look at it and say, hmm, let's evaluate this. I have a little time before it arrives. Lord Jesus, this is a work of darkness to keep me from the light. This is a work to take away because he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is meant to stop something glorious you're bringing into my life. Not only this, because it's coming to steal from me, but it's carrying some things that belong to me that's been taken from somebody else or from my family or from my descendants, and you're going to show me how to take that evil thing and turn it back on the enemy and beat him down and plunder him and take the goods and turn it around and make it add to what God's already planned to happen. Come on, do I hear an amen? Like faith is that good, you guys. It's even better than that. It's much better. And we have the freedom to think that way because we have Jesus Christ and eternal life. And we're not... Just fools wandering around hoping something's going to happen. We know that we know because we know the one that paid for it and made it all come into being. And we know it's not about me anyhow. I have a family, I have friends, I have you. I have a destiny with Jesus. He's taking over the planet and I get to be involved in this whole process. I get to get involved with this world takeover in my neighborhood, in the house I live in, with the people I mix with, with the job I'm on, everywhere I go, I get to turn it into a kingdom takeover project. (coughs) And it's a kingdom of love. And people can't resist love. They can't resist the love. You get out the hankies. Somebody get out the hankies. Come on. Come on, come on. This is so incredible. He gave himself for our sins that we might, he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. I marvel that you are turned away so soon from him who called you to the grace of Christ. Everybody say grace. Everything we get in life is by grace. How many of you know, really, not much you can do to earn anything God gives you? What would you give to God that would impress him? (laughs) I mean, he made the universe. 
Besides that, you're one person. There's only like eight billion other people on the planet right now, and millions or tens of thousands are being born every minute while others are passing from the scene. Why would he do anything for you? What's so special about you? Do you know? How are you any different than anybody else? What is, why, why would he listen to anything you ask? Yeah, he loves us. He loves us. So does the whole world, all kind of people out there. He loves it. He doesn't do anything for them. I mean, he causes the food to come. They get to breathe air. They're still living, so on and so forth. Why does he pay attention to anybody? But why? What do you do? What is the one thing? What's the one thing that makes the father turn his attention to you? To Jesus. To Jesus. He who loves me will be loved of my Father. And I and my Father, what does it say, Glenda, quote for me? He has my commandments and keeps them. Two, two love commandments. He it is that loves me. And he that loves me will be loved of my Father. And the Father and I will come make ourselves manifest to you. He who loves me and keeps my commandments, he who loves me and keeps my commandments will be loved of my Father. And I and my Father will come one, and, and, and just below it, below 21, it says, I will come and we will come and make our abode. We'll come and move in with you. That doesn't mean move into your house. It means move into your house. And then it says, and, he, and we will manifest ourselves. It's the Greek word panerizo, and it means literally appear to you where you can see them with the naked eye. Anybody want to see him? Get your eye naked. Get your eye naked. What does that mean? It means you don't have anything between you and him. Nothing is cloaking it. Your eye is fully fixed on him. Passionately burning for him, yearning, looking. Said in First John that he will appear unto those who are looking for him. This is a love affair. Oh my goodness. This is such an incredible. This Jesus so wants you to see him. Why doesn't he just appear to us? Because he's teaching you a principle of intimacy. What is it that you're giving something? Because he already gave you his life. He already gave you the planet. He gave you the air you breathe in. He gave you everything. everything you, your existence, he gave you that. He's asking one thing back. All he wants is a piece of something that you have. It's called time. 
which is your life. Give him that time and make your eyes naked and exposed to him to where you, you won't let anything come in between you and me. You remove everything that distracts, everything that hinders. You move it away and you go after him. You hunger and thirst for him. He will make himself known to you. I'm going to sum this up. It's 10 minutes till. I marvel that you're turned away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to another gospel. Maybe I'll start on this one next week. What is it? Did you, did you guys read that with me there? Why are you turned away from the grace that is in him to another gospel? He goes on and talks about this gospel. He talks about how some would deceive you and try to tra- get you back under the law. Now, this was written to the Galatians and Galatians up in what is now Turkey, correct? Turkey, you've been to Turkey many times. It's up there, it used to be Greece many centuries ago. Uh, The Jews had synagogues there. They had synagogues all over the part of the world where Paul went. Uh, Jewish synagogues were everywhere. It was a well-known uh, religion, and they traveled from those areas and came to Jerusalem for the big feasts every year, and millions of people came. And Judaism was very strong. And there was Judaizers that tried to get the Christians to believe that they couldn't be saved unless they went back under the law and started doing religious works and the rituals. Especially the men had to be circumcised, even though they were now Christians and born again. And they wanted to bring them into this gospel that mixed Judaism with the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the two don't mix. They don't mix. Jesus had fulfilled the law of Moses. And now the law was written on his heart. The fulfillment of the law is always perfect love. No one can move into that of their own strength. It takes grace to move you into the love of God, to where you manifest God. And you can't do it by trying to keep the law. It will put you in bondage. There were others that brought other gospels later on, towards the close of the century, around 100 years after Christ. A whole onslaught of things came where many gods began to mingle with the one true God. And they made religions and they mixed Babylonianism with Christianity. And it's happening right now on the earth today and it's called the many ways to God. Has anybody heard of that? Yeah. How, many, how many believe there's more than one way to God? There's only one way to the Father. But there's many ways to Jesus. Ooh, now this is going out there in camera land. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not dangerous at all. It's an ab- listen, listen. I'm going to teach something. Have you ever heard Jehovah Witnesses? Do you know they don't preach the true gospel? They preach another gospel. Did you know the Mormons do too? Do you know they're not even considered in Christianity and by theologians as Christian people? Did you know that? 
Yeah, they're called cults. And they have a false Jesus. They don't believe that Jesus, they believe Jesus was a man and he perfected himself through the keeping of the law. That's the Jehovah Witnesses. That's what they believe. That's the root of their religious system. It's another gospel. Now, I'm not going to name all the others. Well, a couple. New Age Movement. Anybody hearing me? Do you know in Christianity you can get caught up in churches and in, in organizations and denominations where they have a set of rules and stuff that you have to keep to belong to their organization? And in it, they have even rituals that you have to keep. And there's certain ways of baptizing. There's, did you know there's a denomination that won't accept your salvation unless you're only baptized in the name of Jesus and that's all? That's all, in the name of Jesus. If you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they will not accept that and they won't accept you as being a true believer until you accept the Jesus name only. Did you know that that's real? They're true Christians, but they have that belief system. And to belong to them, they have a dress code, holiness, buns on the head, long, uh, women have, have holier than thou. And, uh, they, they have uh, the use, no facial hair for men, etc. They had rules and regulations. I was raised in Pentecost, and I belonged to Pentecostal churches and went to di- many different denominations, and they had all had their little niche and their little rule, and if you did that little niche, you fit into that group of people, and you could belong to that crowd. Do you know that's still in the church world today? Do you know there's movements right now that if you don't say it and do it like they do, they will begin to isolate you, and you will not fit into their plans? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about at all? Do you know I could become like that here and say, we fast and pray, and if you don't fast, you don't belong here. Not only that, but we pray out tongue, in tongues out loud one hour every morning in our prayer meetings. Out loud. Everybody lifts their voice. And we go for an hour, or close to an hour, around that time. And we, that's the way we get stirred up and get going. If you don't do that, then you can't come to our prayer meeting. Well, I'm not going to say that. But I learned something about the book of Acts. In the day of Pentecost, the first day of the church being born. How many remember that day? Remember that day? Do you know how they started that? Did you know that was a prayer meeting? And when the power fell, what did everybody do? Out loud. So loud. All over the city of Jerusalem. People came running. They heard the noise of it. They heard the noise of the rushing mighty wind come too. Now, I'm looking for the wind. Anybody want some of the wind? That's going to be the full fulfillment. Somebody said, I want a new Pentecost. I said, I want the old one. Give me the fire and give me the wind. None of them or none of us are saved except by the grace and the goodness of God. There's only one way to get grace, and that's to believe in Jesus. How many, how many believe that? You're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, least you should boast. If you confess the Lord Jesus Christ with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Romans 10, 9, and 10. We know that's the prayer of salvation. That's the formula. 
Do you know, has anybody ever heard of anybody getting saved without confessing Jesus Christ as Lord? Yeah, there sure has. The man on the cross. Two thieves next to Jesus. One of them says, Somebody, somebody want to look it up and say the exact words he said so we don't miss it on this. I, I had somebody start a big rumor about me uh, and people being born again, and I believe that Jesus had to be born again because he died and became sin and suddenly he had to be saved. or so, I don't know, some foolishness that I never preached and don't believe at all. Anyhow, people hear things wrong, and it was kind of, was kind of interesting. I got a chance to pray for them, and a whole bunch of them were chatting about it on, on the air and everything about me having been... Um, Somebody shouldn't even be in the pulpit. I should have be removed from my pulpit and taken out of the ministry because I'm a heretic. It's it's all and I, you know what? I every one of them right now. I'm tell, I'm hoping this is going to spread to them. I forgive you and I love you. I believe the same way you do about the born again experience. Jesus Christ was the first begotten from the dead, but he wasn't the first to be born again. We're born again, but he was born as a man, and then he did die and rose from the dead, and he died on the cross and shed his blood. And if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, you can know Jesus right now if you but believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you so much, he wants to give you this abundant life, and he also wants you to come running to him for everything you need because you're in a mess somewhere, your life is mixed up, you're going through all kinds of pain and suffering, you're, uh, you're confused. You're Right now, you're, you're prodigal, you've ran from God. You're saying, oh God, I gotta get back to Jesus right now, you can do it. Just call out, Jesus, forgive me, I'm sorry. I love you, Jesus. Just turn back to him. Just turn around. You'll be, if you don't know him, you'll be born. He'll come inside of you, and he'll regenerate you, and your spirit will be turned into a blazing light, love light, love power. Sound mind will fill you. Your sins will roll away. Your burdens will be gone, and you'll be a brand new creation, and then you come see us, and we'll help you find the way, the truth, and the life for your life to, to come into what you're truly, really born for and making many people Rejoice and be glad in the goodness of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. And for all of you that had your little conversation out there about me, I love you. I thank you for that. I really realized that I, because I felt attitudes come up in me, and I said, you know, I wanted to defend myself and write back. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to preach the gospel to him and tell him, thank you for doing that. You made me want to sharpen the way I speak and get clear. And you made me want to love people that didn't love me or they said they things that could have hurt me. I'm not hurt. I'm thankful. I have an opportunity to love you and I look forward to meeting you and I look forward to sitting down with you. And if you have any questions about what you think that I said and I said it wrong, I'll apologize gladly in front of you, God, the whole world. I'm a man on a journey on my way just with you. And we're brothers and sisters and hell can't prevail against us because we love God with all of our heart and we are the victorious body of Christ. Do I hear an amen? Thank you, Jesus. So it's by grace. It's by grace. We didn't do nothing to deserve it. Jesus did everything to get it to us. He paid for it with his own blood on the cross. 
Anybody here want to get saved? Anybody here? Everybody raise their hand. Oh, me too. Again, yeah, come on. Were you an evangelist? Yeah, right now. I like it. Anybody want to be an evangelist with me and see souls saved? Listen, how about we just start loving sinners? How about we drive down the street and see them and, and realize how much they're hurting and confused? Do you know what they went to, through that turned them into a crackhead? Do you know what that girl turned, that got the tattoos and begging? And you know what she went through? Do you know about the molestation? Do you know about the raping? Do you know the horrible things, the beatings? Do you know the rejection, the slander that came against her? Do you know what happened to them? Do you know what happened to those people? They got beat up and abused. Just like you did before you came to Jesus. You weren't just a filthy old sinner. You was a hurting human being. And God loved you. He saw where you were at. And he's come to seek and to save you. Right now, tonight. And every one of you who wants more love for sinners, stand on your feet right now. Because you, you better get ready. If you live in Reading, a great harvest is coming to this city. I'm telling you, the move of God, there's going to be thousands of people in this city going all over, winning. There's going to be thousands of people in Reading area. Turn to Jesus. Do I hear an amen? amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we lift it up to you in prayer right now. Each one of us, we ask you to so give us the ability to love the lost, to care for the hurting, to care for those who don't know the way. Help us, Lord. We all have a testimony. Every person here can tell somebody how Jesus saved their life. Tell them how they first met him. Everybody can do that, can win souls. Because the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy coming out of you to them. And they will turn their hearts. And they will be hungering and thirsting. And if they reject it, just love them and dismiss them and pray for them Ask them if there's anything you can do for them. Just touch them with love and you'll see. They will come. They will come. They'll start happening left and right. Just keep talking to them. Don't worry about people not liking you. You're loved by God and you're loved by each other. And they will love you as soon as they change their mind. They will love you and thank you that you were willing to be misunderstood that you cared enough to lay down your life for them. Thank you, Father, for this night. We receive the soul winner's crown. We receive the hunger and the thirst for Jesus, our Savior, and great love, Father, that you're bringing. We pray for this city. We pray for the lost in this city, for the prodigals. We pray for the hurting. We pray for the blind that they would see, the deaf, that they would hear, that those with diseases would be absolutely healed at our fingertips and Jesus would be glorified, that we do not look for bright lights and camera. We look for the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and the brightness of their countenance. We praise you for it, Jesus. We love you, and we're going all out for you. And in Jesus' name, is there, right, everybody's got their eyes closed and talking to God. Is there one person here tonight? Anybody? Is there somebody out there? You've heard this preach tonight. You want to bow your knee. You can send a message to us. 
Look at timothysherman.com. Just go online and send a message. Any of you want to do anything about helping this ministry, go there and look at it. You can find out about us, and you get in touch with us, and we'll be glad to meet with you and help you if you're finding Jesus right now. If there's anyone in this room that you've been, your heart's been cold, and you haven't had the fire of your first love burning, if you want prayer, lift your hand right now. Lift your hand right now. No prodigals here tonight. One dear sister, put your hand up for that. Are you just worshiping? For the fire. Well, give her the fire, Father. Everybody say fire. Fire for Pa. Fire. 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 Fire for all of us. A burning fire, Lord. That we'd be a fire and set fires everywhere we go. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Master. We love you, King Jesus. We honor you. Thank you, Father. 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 Oh, shakatara da la maridi andoro da la maridi ato da la maka. I'm almost finished, but the Lord's holding me to pray here for a minute. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord, we bless our loved ones. We bless our children, our brothers and sisters, our mothers and fathers, our daughters, sons. We bless them. As for you, pour out your spirit on them. Bring them home if they're on a prodigal journey. Lord, if they're unsaved, any family members, any parent, oh, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father, grandparents. Oh, God, pour out your spirit in every family. It is harvest time. It is harvest time. It is harvest time. It's time for souls who sigh and cry and die. It's time for them to turn to Jesus. It's time for them to come home to the Father's house. We call them home, Father. We call them back to you. We call them into the holy habitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody feel like shouting the victory, being glad? Say 